in a world where jobs are how most people make money. One man, one desire, one challenge dares to break the mold. Welcome to the Old Dogs REI Network, where we don't work for money. Money works for us. Coming soon. Viewer discretion advised. Welcome to the Old Dogs REI Network, where cash flow is king. Real estate investing, the means, so you can enjoy your retirement dreams. This is the show where we cut right to the chase. No sales pitch, no long monologues, just simple how-to real estate investing advice, so you can earn the passive income you need to enjoy your retirement today. And now, your host and chief old dog, Bill Manassero. Welcome to the Old Dogs REI Network. I'm your host, Bill Manassero, and this is the show where 50 plusers and anyone else who wants to join us get solid, no sales pitch real estate investing advice to help generate real cash flow. This podcast airs twice weekly on Mondays and Fridays, and if you aren't already a subscriber, go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts, type in Old Dogs, spelled D A W G S, find our podcast, and subscribe. Well, we got a fun show for you today. Uh, we are talking to a friend down under. I'm talking about <laughs> Alicia Jarrett. And Alicia is a passionate and driven global real estate investor based out of Australia, conducting deals in the USA. She co-owns multiple businesses, including Global Citizens Holdings, Inc., Land Scouts, Supercharged Offers, and Wilda for Women in Business. Focused on leadership in business and investing in land, her business ventures provide efficient real estate marketing and world-class data solutions, which assist other real estate investors to digitally transform their business for increased results. Well, Alicia, welcome to the Old Dogs REI Network. Hey, Bill. Thank you so much. It's been a bit, for those listening, Bill and I have already been talking for about half an hour sorting out tech issues, but that's been great because it's, uh, it's been a fun start, Bill. So thanks so much for having me. Oh, uh, it is totally my pleasure. And my apologies, you know, I'm I'm uh, uh, in relocated to, uh, <laughs> to a place that's supposed to have the fastest internet in the world, actually a little south of us in Chattanooga. <laughs> so I guess maybe we didn't get that the fastest internet. But anyway, I, my apologies. That's okay. <laughs> the, the global world that we live in now allows me to do business all around the world and meet people like you. So I, I always just makes me smile when technology does or doesn't work because it's just the reality of what we're living in, isn't it? Oh, you've got that right. <laughs> well, I would love for you to, you know, our listeners like to know the person behind the interview. And um, if you could uh, just take a couple of moments just to uh, tell us your story, you know, where you came from, how you yeah. eventually ended up in uh, the real estate world. Yeah, fantastic. Now, 
Um, I, you have to stop me, Bill, as well, because uh, I used to do public speaking for a living, so I can talk underwater. So I'll, uh, <laughs> I love it. I'm happy to share my story and, uh, and, and get people to get to know me. So if, if those listening can imagine, I'm currently sitting in Melbourne, Australia. It's just on 6.30 in the morning. And, um, and I normally start work at about 5.30 in the morning because, as you mentioned, we do business in the U.S. So needing to make the most of that uh, that time zone difference as well. But to take you back before I was doing this, so I'm born and raised in Australia. I, I was born uh, interstate in South Australia in a beautiful wine district uh, over there called McLaren Vale um, mm. and went to, to, to move to Melbourne, Australia, which is one of our, our second biggest cities. Uh, Melbourne's got just over 4.8 million people in it. Moved here at 17 and uh, and wanted to have this big wide world open up about career and travel and all of those things. And as you know, Bill, life is uh, is a series of sliding door moments. And uh, and do we choose to open up that door or that door? Um, and and I guess at a high level, my career has taken me through working through retail, insurance. Um, uh, human resources and industrial relations through to uh, opening up my own consulting business on leadership training and team development, um, which I still do a little bit of today. Uh, and then, you know, starting in real estate. So my first real estate venture, which I know we'll get into, was um, really early on, which was me, I guess, buying my first property to live in. And I was like, wow, that whole I think I was about, I'm 47 now, and I think I bought my first property at about 26 from memory, 26, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but my, my first realization was that passion of home ownership, which was like, oh, wow, this is this is mine. I've got a roof over my head that I can call my own. And, um, and that for me then got into, well, how can I provide properties for other people? And started to look at a few different rental properties here in Australia. But here's the thing, Bill. I don't know if anybody realises, but uh, it's interesting. I was just watching on the news last night because we have some housing issues in Australia at the moment. The median cost of a home over in Australia, just the median cost, nothing special, is uh, $790,000. Oh, my goodness. For an average home. Crazy. We're not talking in the exclusive neighbourhoods. We're just talking an average home. Um, so uh, it's crazy. So, you know, a couple of years ago, I just got pretty difficult to to own properties here in Australia and uh, and I started looking at other markets and I came across the US this was also at the time bill where HGTV has a lot of explaining to do because the <laughs> likes of Joanna Inks and all of the other ones out there doing their fix and flips uh it, it got me hooked and I was like maybe I can do this in another country and so fast forward uh, a few years so six six years ago we did our first uh, fix and flip in the US and that was in Jacksonville, Florida. We put a team in place and did quite a few properties. Absolutely loved it. Um, and from that point on, it was like, I'm in, I want to do this. So I can share lots more with you about that, but uh, let, let's jump in and explore that a little bit, Bill. Yeah, that's uh, that's 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 how a lot of, a lot of folks start is uh, flipping properties. Now, flipping remotely yeah. from a place as far away as Australia, yeah, that's got to be a little bit tricky. Um, how? I mean, how did you do that? It is. Yeah, really good question. So the first thing we did is we got on a plane and went over there because, uh, and I guess prior to COVID, as partner Matt, we were actually spending about six months of the year in the states. 
um, getting to know people, markets, uh, you know, our, our contractor team, our title company, our realtor, getting to know our team and, and different areas that we were doing properties in. And then, you know, we, we'd, every couple of months we'd go back over. We were building out a really good network in our mastermind groups and, um, you know, just, just people that we'd met along the way as well. So I guess doing it remotely, the one myth I, I guess I wanted to spell here is, is it's no different to doing a fix and flip in another state. It's just the uh, the the challenge of time that, that can sometimes get in the way because the time difference is the big killer. But as long as you've got the team in place, you've got somebody who can be your boots on the ground in your location, um, it's really no different. You know, it's, it was about checking out the properties, making sure the numbers made sense, making sure there was a plan in place for that property and exit strategy, and then implementing that strategy. And for me, I think the mindset for us is it's no different no matter what location we're in, the same principles still apply. However, Bill, there's a big however here. That's, yeah. um, our last property, <laughs> our last property that we did in the US was one that was fraught with problems. Uh, last property being chicken flip is what I meant there. So we put a strategy in place. Everything that could go wrong did go wrong. We had problems with contract teams. We had problems with theft and break-in. Um, we had problems with the market shifting. Anything that, that could go wrong, it happened. It was pretty stressful at the time. But I now look at that as a blessing in disguise because that uh, forced us to really look at our overall business strategy. And that's when we changed asset classes. We went from fixing and flipping houses to vacant land. And so we've now been um, trading and, uh, and working with vacant land for coming up five years and haven't looked back, Bill. It's been a much easier asset class to work with and less stressful, less problems and just as much profit, if not more. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, we want to dive into that. Uh, but before we do, I, I wanted to take a look at um, markets. Now, were you flipping houses all over the place or did you stay in Jacksonville? We stayed in Jacksonville, yeah. And the main reason why we did stay there is because we had a team in place. We we ended up with a pretty good team of contractors. Our realtor who was helping us out with deals, he was our boots on the ground. He even helped us out on demo day uh, with some of our properties. Um, so really hands-on. Our title company's there, our probate attorney's there. So it just made sense to stick with that one market because then you get to, to know the market. So we, we did stay in that market. We, we've now branched out when we're doing vacant land, it's now everywhere. But when we were just doing our fix and flips, we stayed in that one market because it is about, particularly when you're doing houses, Bill, it is about building that team and making sure you've got that team there to support you in all of your properties. Um, so, so that's why we didn't go out of Jacksonville when we were doing houses. However, since then, we now do land all across Florida. We haven't gone out of Florida yet, um, but we've got in our marketing business, we've certainly got a lot of customers that do properties, all types of asset classes all across the US. So we get to see lots of different success stories out there as well. Well, share with us your process. I mean, obviously making, that's a big transition, you know, finding a home and, you know, coming up with um, you know, what the actual value would be after you renovate and so forth. You know, those, those, I think a lot of people can grasp, but, but raw land, you know, just buying raw land, um, one, you know, how do you know where to find it? Uh, what, what are you looking for, um, characteristically and, and what, yep. and, and, you know, and then, and then how do you find buyers? And, and is that a, is that a quick process? Is it as quick as flipping? 
So let's jump in and, and talk about the, the vacant land process, because as you said, Bill, a lot of people know how to look at properties and, and ARV for after repair value or after rehab value, but land is a blank canvas and it often doesn't have the same um, characteristics as a fully developed property. But in essence, the process is actually pretty similar. So we still go, uh, everything in our business is data-driven. So we're looking at certain markets where there's a, a decent amount of buyer and seller activity, where there's land that can potentially be either developed, built on, used for recreational purposes. So what are people buying and selling in certain markets? So we know what land is, is um, being sought after. We then take that data. We're doing marketing to those people just as you would to try and get an off-market property bill. So we're sending them direct mail, we're pushing ads out online to them, we're doing SMSing and cold calling, we're getting in touch with people to find out, hey, what are you going to do with this vacant land? If it's just sitting there and maybe you had plans for it, plans have changed, well, we can buy it from you. Second to that is also looking at how we solve problems for landowners. Just like homeowners, land comes with its fair share of problems. So you can have things on properties like neighbour encroachment on, on the, the boundaries, um, squatters and trash on the property. Uh, you can have back taxes, liens, um, you know, encumbrances on the property that prevent it from closing at title, uh, probate issues, particularly for intergenerational land that's been passed down in the family, but maybe hasn't been done right, Bill. So all of those problems often prevent landowners from selling their properties. However, just like we put a team in place to rehab a property, we've got a team in place to fix those problems. Real estate attorneys, probate attorneys, title experts, et cetera, that can really fix those properties uh, for that seller. And then we can close on that property for them. Now, a lot of people get a lot of relief with that because they don't know where to start with a lot of these things. Uh, if there's you know, major issues going on with the title or there's probates that need to happen, a lot of people that own vacant land just think, oh, wow, that sounds expensive and way too hard. I'm not going to do that. So that's the service that we provide is to really make sure that it's a, it's a clean title, that we can close on the property for them, that we can fix any issues that are happening with the land, surveys, you know, boundaries, encroachment, um, removing squatters, all of those types of things. And then we can flip that land back out into the market to either a builder, a developer, um, the neighbour of the property often wants to buy it, uh, or locals in the area that are looking to build their home and they want to get a piece of land that is free from those uh, those problems. So the process is not hugely different, Bill. Essentially, if you can put in inverted commas, we're rehabbing a piece of land to make it usable and taking that blank canvas and looking at an exit strategy for it. Got it. Now, you talk about the uh, data-driven part of it. Now, do you have your own proprietary software? Are you using, you know, just yeah. existing things? Yeah. Yeah, so we've actually, because we also own a real estate investing marketing company, so we specialize in helping real estate investors who have their acquisitions model really built out, data is a huge part of our business. So we've actually partnered with one of the biggest data wholesalers in the US, and we have a database that's housed in the cloud. It's got every property across the US, across all asset classes, as well as all of the owner attributes to do with that property. Um, and more than 65 million business records in it as well, Bill, because often we're dealing with customers who want to do things like self-storage facilities where um, that's sometimes more about the business data just as it is the pretty data. So we go and, and have a look at that data and what we'll look at is to say, okay, in a particular county, first of all, how many vacant pieces of land have been transacted in that county over the last 12 months? 
So what's the ratio of buyer and seller activity? We'll then have a look in that county as to what types of land is currently available. So is it a county that has a lot of agricultural property, infill lots that are residential, um, timberland where we can have a different uh, exit strategy for? We'll then go and pull that data and we'll put it through a number of steps of cleansing that data um, and, and getting that data ready to be used for marketing. The big thing that, that we often look at in our business bill is that access to the data, but making sure the data is usable. I know a lot of real estate investors out there that will go and pull a list from say, you know, a data tree, uh, but there's lots of different data services out there and they'll just pull that list and go and use it straight away. They won't verify data, do things like zip code lookups, um, you know, looking at the, the lat long to make sure there's an address for the property, making sure that they're cleansing it through a national change of address verification. Doing all of those steps makes sure that the, the, the data that you're using in your business is super clean and super efficient. So we go and do all of those steps with the data. We make sure that it's targeting the right properties and the right owner attributes. And when I talk about owner attributes, Bill, I'm talking about maybe they've owned it for more than a decade and it's got no improvements on it. Maybe they're behind on taxes um, with the property. So if there are things like back taxes or you know anything on the property um, that's a data point that tells us that, that that seller, they might be motivated to sell because if they've got problems and the data can tell us that there's problems or maybe, you know, issues that then we'll, we'll have, be happy to to contact that seller and just ask them hey what what are your plans with the property and are there any problems that you need help with okay so it's not too dissimilar from uh flipping where you're looking for distressed owners um you know maybe a divorce Correct. or maybe a heritage property or what have you so okay so th those are some of your key you know pain points or what have you maybe you zero in on um, which is great. And uh, are, there, are there certain types of properties that are, you know, you know, much more desirable than others? Um, I mean, are you looking, you know, primarily in residential areas? Or you, it sounds like you're also crossing over into commercial and, and other areas. Yeah, yeah we, we pretty much look at all types of uh, all types of properties, Bill. But obviously, the most desirable ones are the ones that don't have a huge amount of problems, right? Right. Because <laughs> right. they're easy to buy from the seller. They don't want the property anymore. So we can buy it from them for cash. We'll, we'll do a, a good deal for them and then we'll, we'll make use of that property by trying to find an end user or we might subdivide that property ourselves if it's a larger property um, and split that up in, into to smaller lots. But we will do uh, infill lots, obviously vacant residential. We'll do agricultural, we'll do acreage, um, commercial. We'll look at any property because in any market, there's always an exit strategy. And whether that exit strategy can be buy and hold, um, buy and subdivide, uh, buy and sell or finance it to the new owners, um, or maybe do a double close on the property if it's not something that you want, but you know that someone else wants it, then there's always a strategy to use. So it's pretty open. Land is actually pretty flexible. That's great. And are, uh, what kind of volume are you doing uh, currently? Yeah, we, we uh, it, it depends on how busy we are in, in other businesses as well. But, you know, we'll typically look at having an inventory of anywhere between 10 to 20 properties at any point in time um, and wanting to close on average somewhere between five to 10 deals per month. Um, that's, our, that's our ideal state. Uh, there have been times that we've had twice as much as that. And there's times like in the last six months, Bill, where we're filming this now and it's October 2022. 
six months ago, we were selling properties within days and we were running out of inventory. So wow. you know, it's, been a, it's been a great year this year for, for, for dealing in vacant land. But at the moment, holding on to a few more because the markets, you know, it's slowed down a little bit. This whole talk of recession and um, inflation and things like that, people are people are being a little bit more cautious at the moment. Sure. No, that's understandable. Um, getting into this, okay, and I, I would imagine you encountered some challenges, maybe made a few mistakes. Um, what what sort of uh, biggest mistakes that uh, you might have made that uh, you really learned from? Oh, there's there's quite a few, Bill, and I always look at them as opportunities, right? <laughs> Same here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Positive so things, How do I we think. get better? Um, the last but one I'll share with you that we did last year, and I, I say this last it, because last year, you know, we were five years into doing this and we still make mistakes. And I guess the the thing to, to really reassure your audience of is we're always growing and we're always learning. So last year we uh, did a, a huge marketing campaign. We wanted to look at properties that were one acre and above in Polk County, uh, Florida. And we said, okay, let's make sure that our data, one acre and above, it's people that have owned these properties for more than five years. There's no improvements on the properties, um, you know, looking for our motivated sellers, et cetera. And we pulled our data and we were fantastic. Let's get that out. We didn't do, and this is a step that we always do, but somehow in our process, we forgot to do it, is we didn't look at the minimum value of those properties. So we looked at minimum size, but we didn't take out, you know, what we should have had is minimum value, say 10,000 and above, because we only want properties that say, you know, have street access or in a more of a neighborhood area or perhaps a better property. We forgot that one step. We sent out thousands and thousands and thousands of mailers to people who had one acre and above. They met all the criteria, but their properties were valued at $300, 400 $500. <laughs> oh, and so man. we got all these wonderful people contacting us going, yeah, I want to get rid of my property because there's nothing I can do with it. And when we looked at them, they were either in the middle of nowhere, in a swamp, in a wetland, and we were like, oh, no, that one step that we forgot to do. But what it did do is it helped us to tighten up our processes and procedures, and it also helped us to build some relationships with some sellers that they had not just that property, but they had other properties that they wanted to get rid of as well. So we still managed to do deals, but it just goes to show you that, you know, we're all human in this business and uh, sometimes skipping a step can have big impacts. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're telling me. Uh, yeah, that, that, those are the kinds of things I think that, uh, you know, you you really, um, to me, that's where the realization is, is sometimes, you know, making that yeah. big mistake and then and then finding a way to work around it. And then actually things turn out a little bit better than uh, than, than you had sometimes, uh, before. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. What did you implement uh, when you started doing this that, that just turned out to be a super, you know, you know, home run, so to speak, that has really worked well for you throughout uh, throughout this process. Yeah, um, I think two things I'll answer there. One is our realtor, and I'm going to do a shout out to him. His name is Michael Cassidy. He uh, is based in Jacksonville, Florida. He has been with us, Bill, since our very first deal. Uh, so he now helps us out with all things to do with vacant land, and, and he helped us out all of our houses for our fix and flips too. He is an integral part of our team. So I'd, I'd say one of the biggest things is for any real estate investor out there, think about who you have on your team and who can be a real joint venture partner. And having that in place has been just a huge benefit for us and for him because we feed, uh, feed deals his way. 
uh, and, and looking at those partnerships. So for me, uh, the, the the biggest thing, number one, have a really good partnership in place. Now, we've got other partnerships too with our title company and probate attorney, but Michael, as our realtor, he's like family. The second thing is to make sure that you are always marking. So one thing that we didn't do early on is get consistency with how we were doing deals. We would do some marketing, get some deals, and then scramble like crazy, like a duck on water, <laughs> scramble <laughs> like crazy to get rid of those deals and, and you know get the return investment. And then we turned back to our pipeline and it was empty. And it's like, oh, hang on, this, this is not working. This whole stop, start, stop, start feel to our business just wasn't efficient. So one of the best things that we did early on was implement a marketing system where we are always marketing on the acquisition side, which means our pipeline always has leads and potential deal in it. Um, that is one thing that a lot of real estate investors don't do. So that enabled us, uh, Bill, to go on and implement our second business, which is called Supercharged Offers. And that is helping other real estate investors overcome that same problem as well. Always keeping that pipeline full. That's great. Now, um, with uh, you know, with that in mind, yeah, as you're talking about, you know, you know, the sort of marketing machine that's uh, that's going at all times, creating a sort of a funnel, right, uh, of, of good deals to you. Um, are you uh, doing this all out of Australia? Do you have virtual um, assistants? Do you um, have people in the States um, that are part of that marketing machine? Yeah, all of the above. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, we're, we're based here in Australia. I guess Two, two things. So for our land business, we've now got our land business to the stage that I hardly ever speak to our sellers or our buyers. We do have a team of customer service people in our in our business. There's three of them. They're based in the Philippines, but they have been with us for over three years. So in those three years, Bill, we have trained them up extensively on how to have conversations with our sellers, um, how to do our due diligence process, our comps process. Um, how to do our ads out to our, our, our disposition market, how to speak with our buyers, et cetera. So they pretty much run our end-to-end -end process and now I'm just managing the team. So the good thing is, you know, you, you can do this business from anywhere in the world and I'm living proof of that. For our marketing business though, when it comes to, uh, so, so Land Scouts is our land business, Supercharged. So yeah, in addition to our land business called Land Scouts, we've also got the, the Supercharged Offers business. And yes, we're in Australia doing that. We actually have customers, Bill, all over the world, all doing deals in the US. So we've got customers now over 12 countries. A lot of them are in Europe and Asia, um, South America, Australia, all doing deals in the US, which is pretty amazing because it makes me feel like I'm not the only one. <laughs> but wow. the, the team that support the, the supercharged offers market business, we've got people um, in Australia, the States, uh, we've got content writers, designers, developers, data experts, uh, all across a number of different countries. So that's pretty cool to our businesses are truly global. And we, as long as we've got a laptop and a phone, we can do business from anywhere, Bill. Uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Now, since we're zeroing in on, on your businesses here, maybe you can just kind of touch on each. I, I know there's a yeah. Global Citizens Holdings. Uh, Land Scouts is the one we've been talking about. Uh, supercharged Offers we just addressed and then Wilda. So maybe, you know, if you could touch on the, on the ones we haven't touched on just to see how they tie yeah, in. Sure. 
Sure. So Global Citizens Holdings, Inc., that's our corporation that has a number of our, of our LLCs under it where we, we trade all of our, our properties. Okay. Um, and, and also where we have some investors that, um, that that work with us on deals as well. Land Scouts is purely our land business. So that's our branding for where we buy and sell um, and, and transact in vacant land. Supercharged Offers is obviously our marketing business, um, which is great. Wilder is another project of mine over here in Australia, which is Women in Leadership and Development Alliance. I am very, very passionate about women in business. And that's uh, another business where I go into different organisations and particularly women who are in uh, male-dominated organisations. So we call it STEM over here, which is science, technology, engineering and maths. Yeah, we have that um, here we can too. Go in and, and yeah, perfect. Where well, we can go in and, and help promote women in those industries. So I do some some different training and consulting in that space as well. So, yeah, still love to do a whole bunch of things, Bill. Never uh, a dull moment. That's exciting. <laughs> that's exciting. And and what 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 is looking at your you know your businesses and where you're going? What what do you, when you look forward and you, and you look you know ten years twenty years down the road? What, what, yeah. what excites you about the future? Oh, there's so many things that excite me about the future. But um, what excites me the most is is helping other real estate investors be successful. So as we keep growing our real estate marketing business, our customers are growing with us. And that's enabling us to add more products and services that are really, I guess, bucking the trend of, of how real estate investors have traditionally done business. So that whole growth of using data-driven systems, using more apps, using different technology to bridge that gap between you know, real estate investors doing from hobbyists into real businesses it is super exciting. So I'm really, really, really super excited about hearing where that goes, Bill. Already I can see some changes that, that we've implemented across how we do business. So, you know, real estate investing is huge in the US and yet we're doing that data that people are telling us that no one else is doing. So how we are running sales reports and analysis and looking at different market segmentation and we're using data to help come up with offers in our business for our customers. You know, we get told on a daily basis, people just see what we're doing and go, okay, wow, no one is thinking that way. So I get super excited when I hear that because that to me opens up a whole range of opportunities of, of how we help people be successful. Oh, that's awesome. Well, as you know, our audience are folks that are, you know, 50 years of age and older, although we have a lot of younger people listening, but the our target audience is really the, the 50 plus group that are either approaching retirement or they're already in retirement. And uh, you know, speaking to that group, um, what from what you do in in your various businesses, um, what what would you advise these you know these these folks that are looking at real estate as a means to be able to sustain their retirement, uh, to generate cash flow, uh, to kind of grow their nest egg and so forth? Um, what 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 kind of advice would you give to those folks? Yeah. A really good question. I love that, um, and it's funny because I'm I'm 47 years of age, and uh, I'm not I'm not too far off 50. So <laughs> not quite <laughs> when the I, old when dog I think category about the yet. World retirement, I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's so far in advance. But um, what advice would I give? Okay, first of all, I would say look at an asset class that makes it easy for you to to do deals. So vacant land for me is definitely one of those because it's far less stressful um, and less things needed in order to to do that. 
also look at your exit strategy, one for cash flow and two for capital growth. So vacant land is fantastic for cash flow if you want to sell or finance it. And it's actually very easy to do. Um, you become the bank where you buy the vacant land and the new owner pays you back over time. And it's very easy to set up a seller finance agreement with vacant land um, or even um, set, set up a, a lease purchase agreement where you get that cash flow coming in on a monthly basis. Secondary is, is obviously using land to um, create capital growth. So taking a, a lot that is an acre and splitting it into two, uh, sorry, four quarter acre lots, keeping one for yourself, selling off the other three. Um, there's a lot of different strategies to do with vacant land that are easy. And I guess what I'll add to that, Bill, and just a very quick side note, you know, I'm here in Australia doing that, but I have done land deals from a yacht in the middle of the ocean in Croatia. And I've also done deals from the ski slopes in uh, uh, in France where I was skiing uh, one, one winter. So, you know, if you're, if you're thinking about retirement and you want to travel and do different things and you still want to work, Vacant land's a fantastic asset class to do because you can literally do it from anywhere. And you can also buy and sell vacant land sight unseen um, because as long as you know the right information and, and the counties and all the, the websites available these days to help you out, it's very easy to kind of get into. That's amazing. And, and how much time would that require somebody? Uh, and just, again, on a real general sense, it, I know it'll, there'll be a lot of different factors there, but you know, yeah. like in a week, you know, how, how much time do you have to get to that kind of business? Yeah, I guess it's building up that business as well to the point that, that you want it to run in a certain way. So starting off, Bill, you know, uh, we were, I was the one taking all of our seller calls and buyer calls very early in our business, and I was spending a good couple of hours a day, really, you know, I would say four to five hours a day, speaking with sellers, speaking with buyers, running comps, doing analysis um, with my business partner as well. But over time, you know, over the last few years, as I mentioned before, we, we've now got a team in place and I've been able to train up that team. And there's a lot of different resources out there, particularly for vacant land of services that can do stuff for you, where they can take your, your initial, initial calls, they can run comps, they can do due diligence, they can pull surveys and, and do title checks. And there's all these different services out there that enable you to maximize your time. So we're, we're now at the stage in our business build, I'm probably spending one to two hours a day in our land business. That's about it. Wow, that's great. That's fantastic. So you've got people yeah. that, that are sort of negotiating with the sellers. Um, I mean, are, are, are you still involved in that process? I am, but I'm not the one having the conversation. So I have a, a meeting with my team every day uh, and we have a CRM that, that pretty much runs our business for us. So everything to do with task automation, you know, workflow processes and pipelines of how we run the deals through different stages of pipelines. So on a daily basis, I'm having a meeting with my team to look at decision points, which is they will say to me, uh, oh, everyone calls me AJ Bill. So they'll say, AJ, uh, I've got this seller. Um, you've got the numbers in the system to negotiate between 25 and 35,000. They're at 36 and a half. Are you okay to go bigger? And I'll take a quick look at the deal and go, yep, if you can close it at 36 and a half, let's lock it in. Um, or they might say, AJ, I've run comps on this property. Um, I've got a question on X, Y, and Z. Can you have a quick look for me? So all I'm really doing on a daily basis, Bill, is managing by exception now. It's just giving them direction and guidance because we do us so much of the work up front with our data um, and we implement that into our system and then we let our marketing system do its thing. So therefore, the engine's always running and now all I'm doing is helping to make decisions. 
Now, are are those resources available to your customers uh, that are? As yeah. A, oh, okay. So they could tap yeah, into so that as well. Okay. Absolutely. So with Supercharged Offers, we, we can actually manage everything from their data, their direct mail, their online marketing. Um, we can help with their skip tracing and SMS. So we can do everything for the real estate investor because what we want them to do, Bill, is focus their time on what makes them money, which is speaking with sellers, speaking with buyers and transacting deals. All of this other stuff around managing their data, getting their direct mail on, having their websites managed, doing their social media, doing their skip tracing and SMSing, all of that marketing stuff, we can actually do. You could do the SMS for them and uh, help them with the back-end uh, marketing. Is that uh, correct? Sounds like it's a great, you know, be a great way for a person to go. Um, especially, there's no shortage of land in in the United States here. Um, uh, and I'm sure that there's a ton of great markets. Do you recommend that people uh, find, you know, a market that, uh, uh, you know, that they might be more familiar with or that, uh, that they're nearby or does that not even matter? It really doesn't matter, Bill, but I guess everyone's got their different comfort level around these things. I mean, we, we started, we, we've done lots of markets that we've never been to, never seen, um, but a lot of people do start in their own playground, so to speak. So looking at the county that they live in and, and getting to do a few deals under their belt to really build up their confidence, their systems, their processes around things. And once they get that confidence, we then find that a lot of people go, all right, well, if I can do this in my own county, how about I do it in another state? Well, we are at a section right now we call our uh, wrap it up, where I ask you a series of quick questions, kind of like a lightning round, and you share resources that have been of value to you. Um, are you up for uh, wrapping it up here? Yeah, let's wrap it up, Bill. All right, you got it. Uh, favorite real estate book? So it's not going to be a real estate book per se, but it is a book that um, that I loved reading a little while ago. It's called The, the Magic of Thinking Big um, by David J. Uh, Schwartz. And this was really helpful in us going from, you know, hobbyist into, well, how can we take this business and make it a real business? So everything in it did actually relate to real estate in a way because it was about, you know, overcoming that fear of failure, i.e. jump in and do a deal and just do it anyway. Uh, really looking at, at the, the future vision of what we want our business and our life to look like, being a leader in that, in that space and thinking a bit creatively about things as well, which you kind of have to do when you're in another country. So great book to recommend for a lot of people. Excellent. Uh, what about just a, a favorite general business book? Yeah, uh, there's, uh, there's a number of them, but one of them uh, that I, I've talked about a lot is called The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Yeah. Um, and that's really about the entrepreneurial myth and thinking that you need to do everything yourself and that, you know, just because you're good at one thing doesn't mean you're going to be good at running a business in that thing. Uh, and that's a great book to really understand where your strengths lie and what you might need to look to, you know, systematize, automate or outsource. Excellent. Um, how about a website that you use on a regular basis that's just been invaluable for you and, and your business? Yeah, oh, there's, there's so many to choose from, but um, uh, one of the ones that we use a lot is one called mapwise.com. Um, mapwise is a fantastic, because we do deals in Florida, fantastic resource to really have a, an in-depth look at properties across Florida and all of the attributes to do with those properties. Uh, it helps my team and myself to really run our business effectively. That's great. Mapwise, huh? W-I-S-E? Yeah. Ah, excellent. Correct. Um, how about a favorite app on your phone that uh, you just can't go without? <laughs> uh, 
Oh, there's so many of them, but the one, um, probably the one that's the most relevant is one, it's a free one, and it's called Time Buddy. Uh, now, this is, a lot of people, it's not going to be relevant if they're in the US, but I'm dealing with people across 12 different countries, um, sometimes more than that. So this app allows you to line up your current day and, uh, and time and even into the future and go, so who am I calling and where are they based and what's the time that, that it is to them? <laughs> because that on a daily basis is something I need to check. <laughs> oh yeah, that's huge, especially where you're new. I mean, wow, that is, uh, that, that's a great, great one to know. How about a favorite quote? It's something that we use in our business all the time and it is that done is better than not done. And I think sometimes in business, we tend to try and strive for perfection but then if we're doing that, we, we often never get things done. So we say, you know, if it's done, done is better than not done. And then we can always look to iterate, improve, you know, increase from there. Great, great. Um, and our final question here, if you lost absolutely everything, all your assets, and you had to start over, knowing what you already know, and you only had $1,000, I don't know, I guess, I guess this would be 1,000 Australian dollars, but uh, okay. Uh, we'll go US dollars. US that's, dollars? That's always better. Okay. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. what we trade. So. All right, there we go. Um, what would you do to relaunch your real estate investing business? I'd market. I'd, I'd use it towards marketing to try and get deals. I'd take that $1,000, I would um, find a, a, a real itch area that I wanted to do deals in, no matter what asset class I was in, and I'd use that thousand dollars to try and find deals. And I'd take that thousand dollars and try and turn it into thousand. Then I'd take that ten thousand, take a little bit of profit out, take a maybe five thousand, use that five thousand for marketing, find more deals, turn that ten thousand into fifty thousand. So that's exactly what I do. Awesome, great. Uh, well, I am sure that there are a lot of folks uh, listening here that, that want to find out more about what you do, especially, you know, how it may pertain to them. What's the best way for folks that want to want to reach you and find out about your business? Yeah, sure. They can just drop me an email. So it's uh, Alicia, it's spelled A-L-I-C-I-A at superchargedoffers.com. They can also give my team a call to book a call with me, which is 888-538-5478. Or well, they can just jump onto superchargedoffers.com. We've got some free resources on there, Bill. We've got a business growth plan that people can fill about understanding the strategy of their business, what it is that they want, um, as well as an ebook on both print and digital media when it comes to real estate investing. So lots of things on there, and I'm more than happy to speak with anyone at any time. Wonderful. Well, Alicia, this has been um, very, very uh, beneficial. I'm sure a lot of people listening uh, have got some knowledge, some great ideas here, but uh, um, hopefully, you know, a, a pathway for them to be move forward. So um, I am uh, looking forward to sharing that information with everybody. And uh, uh, But this uh, tradition here, we are called the Old Dogs REI Network here, and uh, all of our guests get the, the joy of closing us out with their best old hound dog howl. Now, it may be a, a, a dingo for you. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, you just uh, you just got to give us your own, your best on howl here that can close I'd out. I'd love to. You know what's funny, though? I've, I've got cats. I don't have dogs. I'm sure I'm about to make this noise and my cats are going to freak out. But <laughs> you guys, Bill, I'm going to, it's going to sound like a, actually, I don't know what it's going to sound like. Let's just go for it. But I'd do more like a, Oh, that was good. That was a good one. 
<laughs> oh, wow. Well, this has been so great having you on. Uh, great information. Uh, thank you for, for being our guest here. Thank you so much, Phil, and thanks to everybody who tuned in. Really appreciate your time. Uh, well, we appreciate you, and I also want to thank all our old dog listeners out there for joining us. I know there's a lot of the things you could be doing right now, but the fact that you've taken the time to join us means a lot, and we really appreciate it. Please note, everything presented here today can be accessed in our detailed show notes on the Old Dogs website at olddogsreinetwork.com forward slash blog, and look for the episode with Alicia Jarrett. Well, that's the show for today. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, remember, cash flow is king and real estate investing the means. Until next time, keep moving forward and may God bless. Thank you very much for visiting the Old Dogs REI Network. We would greatly appreciate if you would stop by iTunes and let us know what you think of the show. We would love if you could subscribe to the podcast, give us a five-star rating, and write a review. The more ratings and reviews we receive, the more visible the podcast will be to others. Thank you.